Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Before we begin the show, I just want to let everyone know, and everyone right now is you because you are listening to this, I just want to let you know that we'll be recording on Thursday, June 22nd at the Kennedy Center. It's a free show at 6 p.m., so if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, please stop by. Uh, this will be our third time, fourth time at the Kennedy Center. These shows are always a lot of fun. They're always a little weird. This is the first time that we have to do a family-friendly show. So if you've ever had the desire to see Allison Lane, Haywood Turnipsey Jr., and I do a segment of color commentary that's safe for the whole family, let's see if we can do it this Thursday at the Kennedy Center. Also on the show is the host of the Can He Do That podcast, Allison Michaels, stand-up comic Alyssa Cohen, and some special guests. So once again, before we begin... It's on Thursday, June 22nd at the Kennedy Center. It's free. It's at 6 p.m. And bring the family because uh, when we're talking about race relations, sometimes you want it to be family friendly. I don't know. Anyways, uh, here is the May edition of You, Me, Them, Everybody. Uh, This is one of my favorite shows of the year that we've done. Uh, Keep in mind that it was recorded on the first Friday in May. So there's some stuff that's relatively timely, but um, I don't think it really matters. I just listened back to it. I think it's appropriate. So final plug. Thursday, June 22nd at the Kennedy Center, and here's our live show from the first Friday in May at the Wonderland Ballroom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. You are inside of the Wonderland Ballroom if you're in the room and if you're listening at home in a cubicle or a cubicle. Who who lives in a cubicle? Somebody does. Co-working spaces exist. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Please make noise. Uh, Jeb Bush, please clap. There you go. So the reason I do that is because, like I said, this is an audio recording, and it's real weird because sometimes I have to cut out the external noise because sometimes there's a weird speaker problem, and I have to cut out all of the noise, and it sounds like I'm just a crazy person talking to a room full of people that don't want me to talk. And while that is true the majority of the time, there are people here willingly. This is a weird show tonight. This is a weird show tonight. Um... America has been fantastic recently. I want to, and I usually do talk about politics because I wrote a book about wrestling and politics, but I don't want to do that tonight because our first guest writes about politics and he's really good at it. So the other thing I talk about a lot is uh, drag, and we have a drag performer on tonight, and, and he's really good at it. So like I can't talk about either thing I'm used to talking about, so I'll just lean in and talk about race. Here we go. Not gonna do that. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a short one about booking. So I am gonna talk about wrestling, but I promise it won't be that long. <laughs> to the to the for the listener at home, one person pity clapped, which is the appropriate response in a room full of people. Don't snap, D. I know it's you. You're trying to make me feel better. You're a wonderful man. You're on the show later. They'll have your time. Let the white man speak about race. Here we go. So. 50-50 booking. 50-50 booking is a wrestling term. 50-50 booking means regardless of your stature at a certain point, mid-card to upper tier, you will lose half the matches and win half the matches. That is not how it used to be. When you were a child, and I'm assuming if you're listening to a podcast hosted by a white man that's 34, you're roughly the same age. If you were a child, you remember Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan won every single match. That's how they built him up. That's how he was able to sell t-shirts. Another guy that won every single match was Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Now, if you're listening to the show and you don't know who wrestling is, he's the guy in the They Live gifts you keep sharing. Okay, so... Piper didn't lose for 10 years. That's not how it is anymore. Uh, the most over guy right now is this guy named Roman Reigns. That's not his real name. No one, Don't clap for Roman Reigns. 
The fact that you love Roman Reigns makes me like you because that's like, because you're wearing a leather jacket and you got one inch pins, you're obviously cool. You're liking Roman Reigns for somewhat ironic reasons slash he is the most gorgeous man alive. Okay, fair enough. Second to Finn Balor, let's be honest. Finn Balor's abs, Jesus Christ. Anyways. 50-50 booking is this thing where it's really difficult to portray someone as amazing, as the best. It's tough to book one guy on the pay-per-views. Pay-per-views are held once a month, doesn't matter. As these big shows that's going to win every time, but he loses every week, or she loses every week, during Raw or SmackDown Live. So what does this relate to the world? If you follow politics at all, and because you're in this room, you do, because we're in Washington, D.C., and if you listen to this podcast, you do, because you've listened to the show at least once, we have no new listeners, never a new listener. If you're listening to the show for the first time, turn it off. This is not for you. Pearl Jam is a great band. Eddie Vedder does his best for the world, and my wife has to admit that now because the Cubs won the World Series. Fuck you. You don't boo me. You have your own platform. This is my little show. Okay. Is that domestic violence? Let the courts decide. I'm wearing a suit. The answer is no in this America. Anyways, if you follow politics at all, Monday and Tuesday, if you're a Democrat, you were happy. You won, guys. Democrats won. If you're a Democrat, congratulations. You got all of the funding for the arts. Planned Parenthood didn't get cut. It got everything that you wanted to happen happened. It could it, it gone any better. That was Tuesday. <laughs> then the next two days happens. Guys, if you're in the GOP, you won. You got the health care bill you wanted. Everything you wanted happened. How could it possibly be any better? Guys, America's 50-50 booking right now, and no one's winning. We need to put somebody over. Listen, I don't like Hulk Hogan. He's a horrible human being. But you got to admit, those T-shirts fucking sell. The Ultimate Warrior is a garbage human being, but goddamn, he run the ropes, the best of them all, and he could not wrestle, but he was the champion because he had face paint on, and that was fun, and steroids work. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I know what side of the aisle you're on you're listening to this show unless you hate listening to the show, and you only hate listening to the show as Legbo Carefor was on, and Bill O'Reilly hates him, but you have the Bill O'Reilly podcast on, so stop listening to this show once again. So somebody's got to go over. Something's got to change. Nothing's going to change in any way whatsoever, but we're going to do this show regardless. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Was it good? No. I understand that, but sometimes you need to hit singles. I went to the batting cages on Easter Sunday <laughs> before I saw my mother. I visited her in Chicago. There are no batting cages in Washington, D.C. proper. You have to go to the suburbs. And I don't own a car because I ain't a dweeb. So, <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. So I, every time I go to Chicago, I go to the batting cages as much as possible. I was there for three days. I went to two separate batting cages. I've never hit the ball better. I'm 34. I'm just bragging right now. This is not part of the monologue. I could hit an 80 or 90 mile hour fastball from a batting cage without a problem. Why couldn't I do that at 12 years old? Because I refused to wear my baseball goggles because I look like a fucking dweeb. Coming to the stage is a, f a fantastic woman. The moral of the story is uh, don't wear glasses until you're in your 30s. I know how old she is. She's in her magical year of 311. Coming to the stage, please put your hands together for Allison Lane, everybody. Allison. It is good when your co-host says, what the fuck, right before she walks onto the stage. Allison, how are you? I'm, I'm great wearing my glasses. I'm a fucking dweeb. What's, hi. It's different. It's but I came up purse first. Did you, you I didn't did notice that. that. For, I, the, for the listener at home, we do that because we respect 
Bob the fucking drag queen we was an amazing drag queen. We respect winners. Bob the drag queen won season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, the most important show on television next to Chicago Cubs World Series Baseball. I'm going to go ahead and add to that list uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta because that show is so messy and so shitty. That's my boyfriend clapping because he watches it with me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have not, I have not dipped my toes into the housewives' well, that's water. Too bad. Should I? Absolutely. Should I watch all of them or all just Atlanta? All of them Atlanta? because there's like 20 seasons... Um, daylight is overrated. I fucking hate eating healthy. Like, it's great. Now, if you've been listening <laughs> to this show for the past few years, you'll have noticed that Allison changes on a dime uh, for about a year. You ate the most healthy and talked about how great working out was and never watched television. And then I had to convince you to catch up with Drag Race. Absolutely. And uh, I think that you caused me to gain about 20 pounds last year. Definitely wasn't Donald Trump being depressed in America. Speaking of <laughs> depression, how are you feeling right now? You know what? I, I've just accepted that the people around me are sad. Um, probably about three days ago. I was like, why is everybody? Oh, oh. DC's a different place than it was January. I think that people had this dumb hope that like things weren't gonna happen the way they were. But everybody's like, you know what? It's just, everything's bad. It's always been bad and we're just, just going through it. That's my, I don't know. Nobody else that's, sees that's that. That's how you feel. It's how I feel. That's how you, that's how you feel. Yeah. Do you go to a therapist? No, that costs money. It does cost money. I go to a gym. I understand that. I do a lot of squats. I get that. My thighs are great. Podcasts. Here, okay, here's the here's the issue with you <laughs> saying this. You're associating that with Trump. You're you're squat. You've been squatting previous to yeah, that. Yeah, because I was always black. We forgot about that. Black in America just leads to a uh, depression and finding other ways to cope with that. There you go. Have you ever seen a therapist? Yeah, they're Did, great. Okay, so would you go back right now? Absolutely. Is my dad gonna pay for it? Wait. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Also, isn't that depression on the list of things you will not be covered for anymore? America. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Give him a chance. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That that's not. I feel bad because that's not what we usually talk about on the show. It's I don't want to ruin this for Ben because he's coming up soon and he and he talks. I mean, there's a whole things. cornucopia of fuck shit that we can talk about. Give me something. A cornucopia. I mean, we're Have not. Have you ever seen a cornucopia? No, actually. Once. I've seen it once. Why? Uh, the Native American Museum had a Thanksgiving thing, seriously, for press, and I went, and they had an actual cornucopia. Is a cornucopia a white person thing, a pilgrim thing, or is that a, like, an Indian thing? I think it who's was... Who's cornucopia? Who's... I think who it was created so that? children could draw within the lines during the Thanksgiving season, <laughs> and then we could pick our different colors. So it never happened. I don't think it happened. Never happened. I have no idea what it is. I don't. I don't know. A gourd? What is a gourd even? It's like I a. It's know. like a. It's like a pumpkin. Vegetables. Yeah. Mm, decorative. You vegetables. went from vegan that to the like, opposite very honestly, fast. Honestly. <laughs> I didn't understand vegetables as like a part of my diet. I don't understand vegetables. As a decoration, I don't get it. Sometimes I, I wish. <laughs> Wait, what <you> nothing. <laughs> there was. I was so. Car oh, okay. Anyways. Come for me. Give no. I've been watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. No. Oh, wait, I, I can't wait until Pussy <laughs> comes up here so I could ask Pussy the first thing he said to you 
tonight, but that's I, for later. That's, we'll that's a good tease. There's a lot of great things. Good tease. <laughs> what else is making you depressed? Let's lean in. Okay. Northeast. For the listener at home, Northeast <laughs> is a Northeast <laughs> is a section of Washington D.C. Section of Washington D.C. It's, it's a quadrant. You know, living in Northeast is the closest I've ever felt to being white and possibly a pilgrim. Please continue. It's funny because I feel like I'm constantly settling. You know, I'm constantly growing things and like taking over things that really aren't mine and I don't understand. But like, I'm also away from all my friends and family. I'm separated by the ocean that is North Capitol. For the listener <laughs> home, that's a street. That's, that's a, it's a, a street. big street. It separates the quadrants. You can walk across it. No, you can't. You got to walk to it. Then walk across it, and there's like all this other stuff happening, like traffic. What's the worst part about being in Northeast? Oh, it's just so far. Well, we have a Whole Foods now, so it's not as bad. I'm so bougie, but I really need my Whole Foods. So I feel like it's okay now, but I also feel like that's a part of like the pilgrim perks. I'm not gonna say your address into the mic. I'm just gonna put (laughs) roughly your your coordinates Uh into this and see how far you are from the Wonderland Ballroom, because I think you're roughly two miles away. Yeah. Okay. It's far. It's that, far. You can't walk there. That's not that far. What, are t- what is two miles? What do two miles do? You gonna walk two miles? Yes, that's I like walk ten, two miles to work every like day. That's like a $10 lift ride. And they can make a $10 I apologize, you're three miles away. That's a lot of dollars. See? That's not far. Exactly. Would y'all come 10 miles to see me or $10 or whatever the, what, three miles? It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. It's not the worst. Is this causing a problem in your relationship? It's not. Are you lying because he's in the room right now? I'm not lying. It's just, it forced us to spend a lot of time together, which is not bad because I actually really like him. So it's not. Do you think you'd like him more if you spent a little less time together? I don't even know what that means because I live. You in You know Northeast. exactly what that I means. I live in Northeast. I don't have any other people over there, so it's kind of like. Oh boy. I don't know what that means. It's like. I am fearful for your relationship right I now. I know. Thanks for putting me out there like that. You, you put brought us it together up. And you, you just cutting us up, just like Real Housewives of Atlanta. I don't think there's going to be a better segue. <laughs> Uh, coming to the stage is someone who actually might end up writing about one of the Real Housewives show. I think that's a fair possibility. Really? Yeah, he might. He gets, oh. he, coming to the stage, oh. you don't know that, and we'll talk about that in a second. Coming to the stage is someone that writes pieces that you know that your parents probably share with you. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Ben Terrace, everybody. Ben, <laughs> you're here, buddy. For the listener at home, Ben is wearing a Washington City paper t-shirt mm. because he respects the home team. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> ben, where are you from? Uh, originally, I'm from outside of Boston. Outside I, of, Bo- do you miss Boston? Uh, not recently. Not no. recently. So you're saying is you're a huge Red Sox fan and you just can't wait to get in that outfield. I mean, I am a Red Sox fan. That's, That's the right. problem. You should feel shame for I who do. you are as a I human do. being. Thank you. Thanks for bringing that up. Ben, for the listener at home, please tell people what you do. So I work at the Washington Post, not the Washington City paper, even though I like the Washington City paper. And I write uh, political features for the uh, style section. And you write the kind of features that are actual features. This is not a glorified news story that got blown out to 2,000 words. You get to spend actual time 
reporting and, and writing these wonderful magazine-type stories. Yeah, that's right. Actually, I think the reason you're having me here is because I did write a story about pro wrestlers. I wrote about Shane the Franchise Douglas and Ricky Dragon Steamboat. You asked me about that. So I did ask you about yes. that. You helped me you know, figure out who the hell they were. I don't know if I would use the word help with that, but uh, I definitely you talked hurt. to you, you about didn't, it. You didn't hurt. You didn't um, hurt. Here's the thing about you. You write in a very good, clear style about things that are both pop culture friendly and of the moment. Is that fair to say? Uh, I, I will let you say it. I okay. appreciate it. Why are you afraid of compliments? I don't know. It just makes me really uncomfortable. How uncomfortable? <laughs> on a scale of one to ten right now, how uncomfortable are you? Like a seven. Yeah. In, the, in the last calendar year, what has made you the most uncomfortable? Ooh, that's a really good question. Last Thank you. calendar year. Uh, well, it might have been within the last year, but Donald Trump called me a dishonest reporter and a real creep. Pause. And I And I liked that. That was fun. But so it wait. made me uncomfortable in the newsroom Ooh. because everybody was kind of looking at me like... Why wasn't it me? Or like, did he do something <laughs> wrong? Or like, can we... Did you really think that anyone actually thought, did he do I something wrong? I have editors wrong? That, you have, that I think always are thinking of doing something wrong. I think that's why you're probably good at your job. Because I don't think anyone thinks that. Maybe not, but at least I think that all the time. Your attitude and your presence will elevate you to the highest of positions. Wow, this is like Scientology. <laughs> That is the nicest thing that anyone You're has welcome. ever said to You're me. <laughs> one of the pieces that you wrote recently that's definitely relatable to everyone in the room is about Veep. Yeah, I hung out with them. It was cool. And if you read the piece, you will have understood that it was during episode three, the filming of episode three, which just aired last week. More importantly, it was on election night. Yeah, well, actually, so I wasn't hanging out with them on election night. They told me the story. Okay. I, was, I was with them for episode six, which is going to be a good one, so you should watch it. I don't know what Thanks for plugging five. Veep. I yeah. think we need to get the word out yeah. on yeah. the Emmy Award-winning show. It's not on TV. It's on HBO, but it's still... It's still you got a joke. You got a joke in. You got it. You did it. You did right, it. Do I drop the mic now? Is that what happened? Stop no. talking like that. <laughs> you spent time with the cast of Veep. Uh -huh. You actually were able to interview everyone that you wanted to interview? Uh, not everyone. I got to interview Julia Louis-Dreyfus for like 45 minutes, which was honestly the highlight of my entire professional career. I, wait, wait, stop, stop. Keep clapping, keep clapping. Keep clapping, keep going. That was the first positive gasp on this show possibly ever. You're welcome again. That is amazing. Usually it's, uh, this happened. Oh, oh, stop talking about dead people. So, uh... That's cool. I don't care. Jonah. Yeah, yeah. You got to talk to Jonah. Uh -huh, I did. And Jonah likes to swear. He does like to swear. He's also like kind of a normal dude, which is really weird. What did you expect him to be like? Like a freak. I don't know. You see, he's like nine feet tall. He's, he's six four. He's, he's two inches taller than me. Yeah, but he like you know like lurks around. You know he. You know how they found Jonah for that. Yes, show? I read your piece. Okay. Well, I'll, do maybe, you want me to tell you? Well, maybe we just pretend like you have it, and we can have banter on a podcast. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? How do we find Jonah? All right. <laughs> Stop being better at this than me. <laughs> Fuck you right now. So, I'm nervous. I can't do this. I'm going to give you shit all night. Go yeah. ahead. So How they, did you find Jonah? I didn't find Jonah, but they found him because he had been in a Geico ad pretending to be very honest Abraham Lincoln who <laughs> wasn't able to not tell Mary Todd that she looked fat in a dress. And it's really funny because he has no words at all except for just like... Yeah, maybe a little, and then it cuts out. And he had such good comic timing, they decided to hire him for the show. That's a good commercial. It okay. is a good commercial, right? Uh, <laughs> to, the pussy, to the pussy in the room, shut the fuck up. 
And I'm saying that with the most malice in my heart. That's a JK for the listener at home. But in the room, I really hate this person. That's dark. He's on the show next. Okay, all right. All right. Um, he can defend himself later. All right, good. You are a real reporter, and I am not. I am more of a whatever the hell this is. Now, I'm not degrading what I do or elevating what you do, but I am saying that we occasionally end up in weird places at the same time. I saw you on the streets of Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a hit film. Philadelphia during, <laughs> during the Democratic National Convention. Yeah, that's right. I th- did I see you at the RNC? I was there. I mean, we probably saw each other. It was all a, it's a big blur. At it this is point. a big blur. And I, <laughs> I don't think I talked to you about it. How are, how are your convention experiences? I mean, not great, honestly. Um, the, uh, the Republican convention was very dark and scary and filled with malice. And then the Democratic one was like a million degrees and really hard to get around. And nobody knew what was going on. And it was total chaos. So I, I would rather have not been there than been there. But... Yeah. It's what it is. Do your parents talk to you about politics? Uh, not that much, actually. They talk to me about what I'm working on, but not, not really about politics. I, I know you can't tell your political views, but you are from Massachusetts, from the Boston <laughs> area, and you're a white man that's in his early 30s, so you could figure that out yourself. Do they ever <laughs> say, I wish you went harder at this guy, or I wish you were nicer about this woman, or anything does, like that? Does who say that? Your parents. Oh, no. My parents, you know. They just are going to be nice about what... They might say that to each other, but okay. they, don't, they don't say it to me. The fact that they don't say those things to you makes me think you have very good parents. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah, yeah. They're all right. That's yeah, all you, all right. They brought you into this world. Yeah. They've <laughs> it was, educated it was the least you. they can do. Now, could I talk about your wife for a second? Sure. Okay, so this is, this is weird. Your wife is also occasionally on television for very different reasons. Yeah. Let's give her a plug. That means you say oh, what yeah. she does. Okay. My wife is a very talented jeweler and also has a company where you can take your Instagram photos and turn them into like giant ottomans and pillows and scarves. And uh, the Today Show keeps featuring her over and over again because her stuff is awesome. So everybody here and everyone on the podcast should probably go to stitchtogram.com or rachelpfeffer.com and buy everything that's there. Did you ever try to convince your wife to switch to your last name only because for SEO reasons it would be better? Would it be better? Well, it's easier to spell. Oh, yeah. Well, it's P-F-E-F-F-E-R. It's a problem. See what I mean? <laughs> that's all. Yeah. And, and, I, and I absolutely love what she does, and I have one of her products. That sounds weird. She made it, and I'm very grateful for that. It's an Andrew W.K. tweet to me. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good pillow. That's a good pillow. It is a good pillow. Yeah, right? And I see it wow. literally every day of my life. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. And I told Andrew W.K. this on a on a cruise that we were on together. Wait, really? Yeah. I was a cruise called Shiprocked. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I've talked about this on the show multiple times. And I told Andrew WK about it, and he actually remembered that pillow and that tweet because he said, oh, that was when you could wallpaper your Twitter page. And the answer was yes. And then he got really sad. That was, this is, we had a 20-minute interview. That was his only bright spot because, not a joke, all of his gear was dumped into the ocean. On that, on that cruise? On that cruise. So while they were loading it onto the ship, it went into the ocean. Oh. So all of Andrew WK's gear is in Miami, at the bottom of the, of the oh, ocean. Oh, no, he partied too hard. Yeah, he did. And I am convinced that they did that because he was one of the only like cool people on the cruise, and everyone else was like, sad, washed up, or new metal. <laughs> and so, anyways. Oh, they sabotaged him. We can't talk about what you're going to be writing about, correct? Right. Because I don't want everyone else in here to start writing about it. Oh, I'm sure it will. Take my scoops. But, but the thing that I want to know about it is you get to plan out your stories. Yeah, yeah, I do. So Veep, I'm assuming 
that happened because it's Veep and it's incredibly popular in Washington D.C. Well, actually, that 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 story happened because I wrote a profile about Sean Spicer in August. So if anyone here knows that Sean Spicer chews and swallows his own gum, that was because I wrote about that in a profile. Which, thank you. It's that is. That was a very important scoop for me. I found out about that because his friend told me he was worried about Sean Spicer because he chews and swallows a pack of gum a day. And when I interviewed Sean Spicer, I thought for sure he'd deny it because like who would ever admit to something like that? And so I asked him, do you chew and swallow a pack of gum a day? Your friend says he's worried about you. And he said, no, that's not true. I chew and swallow two packs of gum a day by noon. And I was like, that's a crazy thing to say. Anyway, I, I, I wrote a profile of him and the creator, one of the producers of, of Veep liked it and invited me onto the set. And I said, that would be awesome. Can I write about it? And so then I wrote about it. So it seems like if you're gonna give any advice to people that wanna have your type of job, it's just listen for the absurd yeah. and follow up. Yeah, honestly, the best advice I ever got was from an editor who said, pretend you're a foreign correspondent all the time when you're in Washington, D.C., because if you see something that's weird and everybody else around you doesn't think it's weird, it doesn't mean it's not weird. It just means they're all used to it. So you have to kind of pretend like you're, you know, seeing it with fresh eyes. And, and that just blew my whole mind. My whole mind. That was legitimately a great answer. <laughs> that I've never considered before. Who was the editor? Uh, his name is Jim Oliphant. Wh which, where were you at he at was, the time? It was at National Journal, and now he's at Reuters. Okay. Do you ever miss being at National Journal? Yeah, honestly, National Journal was amazing. It was so fun. Got to work with Kelsey, among other things. She's, she's, just, she's the name that shall not be named. Um, okay. Serious. Um, <laughs> do you miss daily reporting? Uh, sometimes because, you know, there's like a lot of pressure and stress when you are putting a lot of effort into one story because, you know, if it doesn't work out, then you've wasted three weeks of, of your life and... When was the last time you wrote a story and it didn't work out? Serious uh -huh. question. I'm not just trying to inflate your ego, but I seem to see your stuff... Your wife just chimed oh, in, yeah. which is such a great partner yeah. thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll tell you your failures! Yeah. Eddie Vedder sucks! <laughs> no, he doesn't! Uh, I tried to write a story about Tom Arnold, the uh, related or married to Roseanne, yes, uh, and a and a crazy person really. And he claimed to have tapes of Donald Trump saying a whole bunch of horrible things about his kids and about you know like just ev everything bad you could imagine. It was on this tape supposedly, and I tried to write a story about it and spent time with him out in uh, California and wrote it. And my editors were like, "No, this isn't this isn't gonna happen." Could I read it? Could you send it to me? I will say no on the podcast. Understood. You Fantastic. Look Man. at it. It's important to keep your uh, sources <laughs> private. I don't know what to yeah. say to that. Um, <laughs> I think what you do is incredibly fun. Inevitably, you will be in an even bigger position. Um, not that I need to inflate your ego anymore. I'm sure your wife will bring you down as soon as you're off this stage. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a good partnership <laughs> right there. Um, I also think it's cool that you do something completely different than your wife. Yeah, it's nice for me, too. I mean, I come home, and I don't have to talk about politics because she'll shut me up right away. Do you guys ever fight about it? About politics? Yeah. No, we fight about plenty of other things, but not about politics. What's the biggest thing you fight about? Just dumb little things. Name you know? one. What was, what was the most recent thing? I don't know. This is your aunt. About, you're about smoothies, probably. And sneakers. Yeah, cleaning my sneakers in the sink. Do they stuff. smell bad? Ew. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Stop. Why would you you're do on, that? You're on Team Rachel. Why would you uh, do now that? Now I'm on Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is this the sink where you do your dishes? 
Yeah, it's the same sink with the dishes. Were the dishes in the sink? It was no, the empty, dishes were not in the sink. It was an empty don't, sink. Don't defend him yet. Were the dishes right, in the sink? Though. It was an empty <laughs> sink. There were some dishes in the sink. The wife knows. Not, not in my recollection. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, if anything... I think if I did that, my wife would be happy because my shoes would smell a little bit less. No, it's not the, it wasn't the inside it was of the, the shoes. Outside. It was just like it had it some mud on it. You know, new shoes, trying to make them clean. Why, were you, why was there mud on your shoes? So I stepped in mud. I don't know. Where were you? What were you doing? I was at a concert on H Street, and I was really excited afterwards, and I stepped in the mud. I don't know. On purpose? No. I wasn't what was the like, show? Yeah, great what concert. was the show? What was the show? Uh, it's a guy named Andy Schauf. Okay. It was really good. I'd recommend him. That's another plug. <laughs> Do you live in Northeast? Uh, I live like right at the edge of Northeast. I live in Bloomingdale. So you're in Northwest. I'm in Northwest, yeah. So you're on the right side of history. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a callback. Um, uh, people should uh, read your newspaper. It's the Washington Post. Um, it's a, you got to support the home team. It's just the most read newspaper in the country right now. Um, WashingtonPost.com is where you could find you. You're on Twitter. I am, yeah. You're verified. You're a real boy. Uh-huh. I'm a real boy. I'm like Pinocchio. At sign? At sign B Terrace. T-E-R-R-I-S. Fantastic. That's good. That's I know. Good. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> this is episode 450. You're doing a great job. Catch up! <laughs> um, no, you're great. I like what you do. I like what you write. Um, all of the questions I want to ask now, you can't say off on mic, so I will ask you them after the show. Sounds good. Uh, and more importantly... Uh, it's stitched. It's stitchtogram or stitchtogram. So now it's just stitchta.com, right? Yeah, I can't do it. Either. I can't say Google your name because that's even worse. If you're listening to the show in the podcast description, all of Ben's links will be to his wife's jewelry and/or designs. Great, fantastic, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Please put your hands together for the very good at this as a guest, Ben Tears. Everybody, Ben. <laughs> So I've wanted this person on the show for a long time. I haven't spent any time with this person on this stage, so I'm very glad that that's about to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage is someone Allison enjoys very much, I'm even so though happy. he throws shade at Allison quite often. Constantly. Please put your hands together for Pussy Noir, everybody. Pussy! <laughs> Woo! For the listener at home, Pussy and Ben are dressed identically. <laughs> Are you wearing velvet pants? Yes, I'm wearing velvet pants. Did you make them? No, I bought them. Where do you buy velvet pants? Amazon. Oh, okay. I have a whole like slut wish list of velvet pants and cat suits. Is that how you make money? <laughs> Pretty much. You know, <laughs> being sexy is my job. Where do you do you do your own nails or does somebody do them? I do my own nails. I love They're them. Perfect. Thank you. They're my real nails. Actually. Are they really? Yeah, they are. They look like weapons. They are weapons. They're hard as rocks. They're like na like knives. Hard as rocks and like knives. <laughs> Fantastic. Great visual. They're flint. <laughs> Pussy, legal name noir. How did you come up with your name? Um, it's a combination of a bunch of different names that happened in like a month period. So one, I lived in New York for a little bit. And I lived in the West Village for a little bit. And the people that sold magazines, they were homeless. They always called me Slim Black because I wore black and I was really skinny, like I am now. That's right. Um, but like I was like bobblehead skinny. Like I was like really skinny. 
It's like a walking stick figure. I didn't and know that was a term, <laughs> but I will now be using bobblehead skinny as much as possible. And it's not just a term, it is an ethos, it is a goal. Um, That's the goal. <laughs> so you hate Bob the Drag Queen is what you're saying. <laughs> no. um, but it was slim black and I love the puss in boots. And then I called myself puss in boots and I called myself slim pussy. And I was like, I really love French. So I was like, I'll just call myself pussy noir. And that happened in like a three-week period. How long have you been Pussy Noir? Um, I guess for like eight years now. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's coming out of the closet as Pussy. Wait, what? Coming out of the closet as Pussy. No, no one laughed at that. Never mind. <laughs> I'm going to not cut that from the show, though, even though I'm very proud of that aside. Uh, for the listener at home, please describe you from the waist up. From the waist up. I am wearing a black, like, muted crop top and a leather jacket from Zara, and... Can I just say the last time I saw Pussy Noir <laughs> was in July, wearing a fur coat, walking past Ted's Bulletin, What's with that? sunglasses on at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, sup, bitch, and just walks past, hey, do the two kisses and kept walking. It was like the best thing that's ever happened to him. <laughs> it must have been a chilly July you morning. Know what? Oh, that's what it was. was. It? That's what was it was. It if it's, it's below, it was a good coat. If it was below 80 in the summer, it's chilly, so I'm wearing a fur. <laughs> I'm not a, wearing clothes under the fur, but I'm wearing a fur <laughs> nonetheless. What is the first thing you said to Allison upon seeing her this evening? Was, was, it, about, was it about you being ashy? You said I look dry. <laughs> the first thing you said to me was, hey, girl, you look dry. I didn't say it like that. You said, look at my thighs. And I was just like, you oh. Look dry. I was like, oh, I think Come they on. have like olive oil around here. You're like, what? Do I look ashy? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, you look Side kind of note, ashy. We are very good friends, I swear to God. We are. We That's are. the first <laughs> thing I told Ben when he got here tonight. Um, I know you as a drag performer. Yes, you do. How long have you been doing drag? Um, for eight years in D.C. But did you start in New York? Um, technically, yes. Like, I did, like, a couple of shows with, one with, like, a burlesque company there, Brown Girls Burlesque, and then I also ended up doing, like, some one-off stuff. Why did you leave New York? Um, I was partying more than I was working, and then I had to pay bills, and I was like, oh, wait, I snorted them, so then I couldn't, I couldn't pay the bills. Is it easier? <laughs> is it easier? It didn't get, get that real. I lo still looked cute. Don't get crazy. I just couldn't pay bills. <laughs> is, it e is it easier to get Coke in D.C. in 2017 or New York City in 2009? New York City in 2009. Okay. Yeah. So there's a shortage right now is what you're saying. I don't know if there's a... I just stopped buying it. Oh, because, that's fair. That's fair. You know, there was always some stressed out Republican somewhere being like, I got all this cocaine on a Tuesday night. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, whip out the trays and let's do this. Like, let's get to know each other. So, so what you're saying is you're a bipartisan performer. <laughs> You're not glam drag. Um, I, don't, I don't consider myself, I consider myself the woman that just had sex and is trying to pull up her skirt. That's the kind of drag I do. It is an after fucking kind of drag. Like the kind of person that's gonna walk by Ted's Bolton at 8 a.m. with a fur coat on. Exactly. In July. It, exactly. <laughs> what made you wanna do this? Um, I have been a performer all of my life. I've been performing professionally since I was four. 
So I've done everything from opera to oh, ballet. Stop, 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 stop. Professionally? <laughs> yes. Were you like in commercials and stuff? I was on the stage. Kennedy Center, La Scala in Italy for a little bit. Fuck you. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. What did you think it was going to be like? <laughs> That's how I, I grew up, you know? Like so you've always felt more comfortable, I'm assuming, under lights than in the crowd. Yes. Yeah. So this is fine. Yeah, this is, like, I have a problem being in an audience. Like, I have the need to run up on stage and be like, I'm going to do this now. So that's why I don't go to shows that often. I don't blame you. (laughs) But you're also in bands. I am in a band. Do you feel like you are forced to go to more shows to be supportive of other bands? Are you just like, fuck that, I'm not doing that? Um, It's interesting. I actually don't feel forced because so many people, you meet so many people that become your friends. So you're just like, well, I'm going to go see my friend perform. You know, how old are you? I'm 30. I will be 32 in June. By the time you're 33, that all goes away. Yes. Yes. I'm friends with every other band playing every other night. I'm I'm going. You can come to my house. Well, by the time I'm 33, I'll still look 24. So that's the best part about all of this. You didn't need to insult me while elevating (laughs) yourself. It's all in how you feel. Speaking of feel, how is it wearing heels in boot form? These are really comfortable. Like, these are my walking... That's like, a sensible heel. This is literally like a flat right now. Like, I'm wearing, like, an Ugg boot right now, in my opinion. Do you own Ugg boots? No, I did at one point. Did you really? Was in college. Where'd you go to school? Sarah Lawrence. That's right. <laughs> you can always tell where we are. You can always... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, it all makes sense now. <laughs> Is it offensive to ask you about Drag Race? No, I don't know too much, but I know some. You, to me, are not the kind of queen. Is it even fair to call you a queen? You can definitely call me a queen. You can worship me all you want to. It's never a problem. (laughs) Buy me things. Chanel. You are not the type of queen that is normally on that show. Your type of drag is way more theatrical, way more art punk than what's typically seen on that show. Yeah. But... That show is bringing drag way more into the mainstream than anything else going on. Mm-hmm. So, as somebody that's in this world, that performs in this world, but is not part of the world that is being promoted, how does it make you feel? That's so many layers. That, that's a huge dip that you put me into. Um, how does it feel? Um, I stay in my own lane, and I know that my product is good, and... I know if it's not good, I, con- I consistently evaluate myself to make sure my product is good. So I don't ever, I don't, it's funny because I don't really have feelings about it. I know that I can translate to the mainstream and so if I need to do that on my own, I will. And if I wanna do Drag Race, I will. Do you ever foresee yourself doing something more mainstream? I can see myself doing things in front of a mainstream audience. Will it be considered mainstream? No. Clearly, yes. <laughs> Would you ever open for Tim Allen doing stand-up? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the most mainstream thing possible. <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> yes, I will. Hell yeah, yes, you would. Yes, yes, I will. Do you ever face hostile crowds anymore? Um, no. I don't, I don't think I've ever really had a hostile crowd. Is that because you run in places where you know it's like going to go over? 
I know I pay attention to what I'm what my environment is as soon as I walk in. So you will alter performance based on your environment. I will alter the intensity based on my environment. Please go on. Basically it's a matter of am I going to then like if I have a if I have a room full of people in here and all of them happen to be all from fucking Georgetown, you know, senior year wanting to just, you know, go fucking drink beer. I'm going to alter the intensity to make sure that I wrap everyone in that performance, which also can determine the song. You know, I might do something that they might recognize that is going to translate to both men and the women. I'm gonna do something that's going to translate in all races as well. Um, sometimes I might just focus on one person and perform to that person so everyone can focus on that moment. In your opinion, clearly that's how questions work. What <laughs> What is the best place to see your performance? Not drag in general, but to see Pussy Noir. Where's the best place I can go? Um, you can come to Trade. I do a um, monthly show called Sissy That Tuesday. It's a, I guess, one queen show. It's really just me. And it's usually every third Tuesday of the month. Uh, May is coming up. Well, May is, it's now May. But the May show is actually going to be the 23rd. So it's going to be the fourth Tuesday of the month. That is the worst possible answer you could have given me. Sorry. There are too many layers. The answer is on Thursday. Oh, well, Thursday I do drag bingo, but you said you wanted to see a real show. No, just, I'm just asking. That's, the, just that's asking. the real show. I understand you know. that. Drag bingo is fun, though, so come to bingo and win some prizes. Do you pay taxes? Yes, I do. <laughs> Yes, I do. Okay. I'm writing, I want to write individual checks because I'm worried about where my tax money is being spent right now, but I can't do that. I tried to get the research, but no one would give it to me. It's true. I asked people. I called. What's your goal? Because I don't know what other than to create art. Do you have a big picture? Like, I want to do films. I want to do TV. I want to do, do a musical. I want to have my own club. In Pussy Noir's ideal world, what is the outcome? Um, well, right now, I am going to be launching a skincare line called Us and Idy in late June with a good friend of mine. Would that be good for Allison's thighs? That would be great for <laughs> your thighs. Oh, oh believe me. My, my body cream is the one, girl. But I <laughs> it is amazing. I think you're the first guest that has their own body cream. It's, I mean, Listen. step your pussy up. Get on it, you guys. Is Get that the tagline? <laughs> Oh my God. That's the tagline. Put it on a t shirt. Yes. Make billions. I can't, no, I cannot take credit for that because there could be that dr famous drag queen from Drag Race that did say that. Next thing you know, she's going to shoot me or shank me. I don't fucking know. So I'm not going to take credit for it, but I will tell you step your pussy up. Are you in a relationship right now? Um, no, I'm not. When was the last time you were in a long term relationship? I have never been in one. That's right. <laughs> No, that answers the question. I have been in a long-term relationship with my closet. Um, it has treated me very well. It holds me at night. It makes me feel good. Where is that closet? It's in my house. No, I understand. Where do you live? <laughs> what neighborhood do you live in? I live, on, I live by the U Street um, area, so like between U Street and Columbia Heights. When's the last time you were in Northeast? Jesus. <laughs> You're a like performer. Early. There are places to perform. Book me. Ooh. Ooh. Give me a date. Ooh. Give me a time. I'll show Ooh. up. If you ain't booking me, I ain't showing up. That's what I tell everyone. The last Put I was the in head on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> last I was in no Northeast was for a show at the Fridge. Everyone should go see it. It's still up. 
And it's an amazing show. My, my friend Hannah and her sister did a wonderful show of both written um, prose and paintings. I'm talking a lot, I'm sorry. That's literally the point of a talk show. <laughs> That's the talk show. You are wonderful. Let's plug the band first. Yes. The band is? The band is Sister Midnight. But you it's not spelled Sister Midnight. No, I'll, I'll tell you how to spell it. Everyone whip out your phones right now. Literally whip out your phones. I'm not like joking with you. Do it right now. And throw them away. Throw so then away go on Google and or Bandcamp and or Facebook, any of the major search engines, and you'll type in S-I-S-T-R, no E, second word, M-I-D, number nine, I-G-H-T. That is Sister Midnight. And that is my band. We have great songs out. We are a very heavily queer band. We are punk. We are Wait, rock. you're queer? So, <laughs> so the theme of tonight's show is both guests with horrible SEO. <laughs> and then you, as a drag performer, as Pussy Noir, can be seen where and when. You can catch me every Thursday at Uproar on U Street. I do drag bingo. It starts at 8. We perform all night. And then you can catch me every third Tuesday and or fourth Tuesday right now <laughs> of the month at Trade. So May 23rd is the next show. Sissy, that Tuesday dropped dead gorgeous. And it's a fundraiser for a wonderful young lady, Kayla Strong, who is going to be competing for Miss DC in the Miss America pageant. And she's yeah. one of the first openly queer and lesbian women in that pageant for Miss DC. Send so. me a link. We'll do a BYT story about it. Yes, that. yes. Um, you're a wonderful person. I always enjoy you're seeing wonderful. you perform. I enjoy talking with you. I enjoy and talking with you. I love your hair. You're a wonderful <laughs> presence in Washington, D.C., and I hope you don't leave, but you should totally leave and make more money. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you. put your hands together for Pussy Noir, everybody. Thank you. So the moral of the story is only book for guests, writers and drag performers. Because mm -hmm. every writer we have on the show knows how to talk into microphones. And performers are just the best. They're the best. Because they're be they don't, they understand how to joke and more importantly they know how to not suck unless they want to. And that's a wonderful thing that this people- This has been a lot of not sucking. Oh boy. This is great. Ugh. I've had so many burlesque performers on the show talking into microphones and not performing burlesque and I keep, why do I do that? That's- <laughs> <laughs> a stupid thing to do. Uh, coming to the stage is a good friend of the show. I am a big fan of what he does. And in the past week, he's become a meme. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for D. Ahmed, everybody. D. D, yes, yes, go fuck yourselves. Don't ever make a person into a meme. It's the worst. Getting turned into a meme might have helped my comedy career at some level, but at the same time, every time I see it, I fucking want to kill myself. Like, I hate the whole thing happening. Uh, all right, I'll joke around about some stuff. My name's D. Uh, not my real name. My real name is Dalpha, and that's only part of it. There's actually like a bunch of other names after it. It's like Delva, Hassan, Ahmed, Mahmoud, Malington, Tudor. There's 10 other names. If you say the entire thing, you like unlock a country. <laughs> or you get the keys to a Starbucks. Who knows? 
Oh, I'm East African, and it's interesting because of the fact that a lot of people still aren't necessarily aware of me being East African. I got a roommate I've been living with for like three years. He came up to me and he was like, hey, D, you're Indian. <laughs> what do you think of the whole Redskins name? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been asked a question so stupid you had to reevaluate an entire friendship? And then somehow decide what type of Indian you want to identify with? I was like, first off, man, I don't think that's the right type of Indian. Second, I'm neither of those types of Indian. How do you work in the Pentagon, bro? And that's funny because it's true. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of coming to other realizations of what I look like. I, I started like looking at myself in the mirror for a little longer than I probably should. I feel like I look like the best friend of like a Disney character. <laughs> like I'm not the main guy, I'm his best friend. Like I'm the one that teaches Billy how to like beatbox and like dance battle with other people. But I realize it's only because of these glasses. Glasses veil of like hipster and bullshit. Like it's totally not true. Cause if I take off the glasses, now I'm the bully from that same TV show. <laughs> I just turn my head around, I'm like, Billy, let's get down to business. I'm gonna beat that ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Uh, I have a friend, he's blind and he's been blind for quite some time. He's a very sweet soul. We had an interesting conversation not too long ago. We were hanging out. It was right after the travel ban happened. And he was just like, hey, man, I heard a lot of people coming up to you and checking in on you. Are you OK? I'm like, nah, not really. Also, I'm curious. Do you know what race I am? And he's like, I thought you were white. And I'm like, no, I'm actually black. And he's like, things have changed since I went blind. That brings up more questions. What the fuck was happening before he went blind? Was every black person talking like fucking Idris Elba from the UK or some shit? Like, all right, yeah. Like, you don't, I'm sorry, I don't do a British accent, whatever. Uh, travel ban's an interesting thing. It's interesting just because I'm a little closer to it than most people. My parents are from Somalia and a lot of white people want to check in on me. And it's weird, because like, I have to break the news to them that I was born in Georgetown. No one ever wants to do that. It's like fucking having a house that you own in Navy Yard. No one gives a fuck. It's like, I will never go there. It is baseball season. <laughs> like, it's the same. Like, the travel ban's just weird in general, just because like I do have family that are being directly affected by it. Like. For example, my grandmother, like I can't really go and visit her, but then again, grandma's not really that nice of a person. So who won? <laughs> B like, and other people are still confused about the whole like situation that I'm placed in. I mean, I am getting away with fucking wonderful perks that come with being East African. Like most people wouldn't know them. Like one, I get to act like I don't speak English to anyone I don't want to talk to. 
You know what that eject button feels like? It's the greatest. Someone comes up to you and they're like, hey, man, you'll get in really good shape in my CrossFit gym. You just got to lift all these heavy things. And it's twisting, jerking motion. And I get to look at them and just be like, and then just walk away. The biggest perk that comes with being East African, you gotta be straight up, is going to marathons and just fucking with people's worlds. I've done it, it's amazing. I'm wearing the booty shorts, the tank top, I'm bouncing around before the race starts, trying to see if I could get one guy to just break character. He's like, ooh, I'm gonna get in really fucking great shape, I'm totally ready for this race, been training for six months, fuck, one of them's here! That guy, I like fucking with him more than anyone. Because he doesn't know how to take that shit. I'll start speaking in Somali to him. I'll just be like, I'm never going back. I'm ready. <laughs> the dumbest thing I think I've ever done before a race started, I just lit a cigarette for no reason at all. It's just like, do you want to live forever? Come with me. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> like, you'll get banned from the Marine Corps Marathon. <laughs> I still won the race, so I don't care. <laughs> I've been thinking about some random stuff. Like, is everyone woke yet? Or are you guys still... Like, are there a few of you that are still waiting? Like, I feel... I feel like most of you that, like, uh, and I mean white people, I mean, like, most of y'all just want to be woke just because you want, like, the affirmation from an African-American human being. You just want them to just be like, you're not like the rest of them. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think one of one of my black friends, like, he looked at me, and he was like, yo, you ever call a white person, like, like you ain't you ain't like the rest of them, nigga. Like, you never said that, right? And I'm like, nah, I've never said that, but I know they want me to say that. Okay, that went longer than I should have done. <laughs> no, I think like mostly like people that want to be woke, like you just want to like be able to throw out like not stats, but just pop pop culture references. You're like, I've seen Get Out. It's a fantastic film. I'm like, yeah, Samuel Jackson was great in that movie. They're like, yes, he was. <laughs> My new game right now is to throw out lyrics that don't make any sense to people that told me they listened to Kendrick Lamar's album. <laughs> like, one of them was like, someone was like, yo, Kendrick's album's dope as shit, man. You, you like it? And I'm like, yeah, my favorite line is, I can show you the world, nigga. <laughs> I mean, listening, splendid, nigga. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, this shit's so dope. And I'm like, it's fucking show you the world from fucking Aladdin. <laughs> that, that lyric works for so many different things. Like, if you ever listen to fucking the Colors of the Wind by fucking Pocahontas, someone just says like, <laughs> someone's just like, yo, man. <laughs> I'm trying to do a Kendrick like, impression. It's not working, but still. He's like, if you've ever walked the footsteps of another stranger, you learn things you never knew, you never knew. Does that sound like a Kendrick line? It does. Start dropping that shit and start vetting these motherfuckers that say they're woke. 
I've been thinking about, like, I'll do, like, okay. Uh, my dad's an interesting person. I want to talk about it. My pop's fascinating soul. He, he kind of sounds like a really pissed off Mufasa. Like, yeah, imagine that guy trying to read you a bedtime story from a culture he doesn't really understand. Like, Mary had a little lamb. He's just like, Mary had little lambs, boy. And their faces were white. And everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go because he respected his mother and father. <laughs> Why are you crying now, boy? Like, because we had lamb chops for dinner. I feel like it was a disrespectful lamb. All right, that's it. My name's Dee. Dee, sit down. That was great. Oh, it was fantastic. Thank you. That's D, what are your thoughts on the Washington Redskins? <laughs> I, I support them by proxy, but I do not support the name. I don't like the name. I think it's stupid. And if you don't realize why it's not stupid, fuck you. That's what I stand by. What a controversial statement. Yeah, I know. <laughs> really, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm woke. <laughs> My bad. D, thanks for doing the show. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. You're a wonderful man. As are you. You have a great haircut. I also oh have a great God. wife. How's your dating life? Dating life, not that great right now. Fantastic. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's talk about the intricacies of dating with a stand-up comic. Uh, okay. Here we go. Dating with a stand-up comic is a little bit more stupid than you should ever involve yourself with. Don't do it. It sucks because there are issues with the whole thing. Availability is one of them. And also, you don't want to turn into one of our jokes. <laughs> I can't just say what the back of the room just said. We'll be on stage in a minute. Oh, I, I don't think it's snitching. I think it's just, it's difficult. It's just functioning at relationships at a much more difficult, like, lifestyle. It sucks. I'm going to disagree with that. I don't know. I did, what, a couple years of Podcast Weekly? Fantastic. With, like, almost 200 Tinder dates in, like, one year. <laughs> last, time, last time I was on this show, your, your boyfriend phone feels was in the fucking back. great right now. Oh. By the way. And it was just lighting up every five I seconds. I was really popular on Tinder. Yeah. I have a very great boyfriend now. We have a dog. He's wonderful. You're in Northeast, right? I'm in Northeast. Oh, lovely. It's a great place. Well, that's cool. Like, Dating. So how's it going? Uh, not not great. Uh, <laughs> I got dumped like kind. Of, well, I don't know if it was dumped. It's more like broken up with. Tonight, like earlier today. That's oh dumped. You got dumped. Can we have yeah, shots I of got tequila? dumped. You're good. Go Actually, on. it's no, it's Cinco de Mayo. No tequila shots. We're not doing that. Uh, it's not that okay, bad. It's not vodka. that big of a deal. Yeah, do vodka. What's wrong with you? Vodka? Uh, they have flavored vodka here. Oh, that's cool. The Wonderland Ballroom has flavored vodka. Fuck yeah, Wonderland Ballroom. I would totally be down to take You a got shot. broken up with tonight. Tell Terrible. us about it. Make I, us feel good. Well, it's not going to make anyone feel good. Uh, she hit me up and basically said, like, yo. Uh, letting you know, uh, me and me ex-boyfriend want to give it another go. And no! I was like, okay, this is wonderful. Were you dating Shaggy? Who talks? <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge my lifestyle, man. <laughs> like, maybe it might have been a Shaggy fan. That's all I'm saying. No, it did not work out. It was like, after she sent that to me, all I could think of was like, it's Cinco de Mayo, why the fuck would you break up with someone on Sick of Demise? Is this ex-boyfriend the fucking most interesting man in the world? <laughs> like, he needs to be for me to feel okay about everything that's been going on. So that's where I'm at. Aww. 
Have you gained yeah. Have you gained any weight since you started doing stand up? Uh, no, I've just actually gotten more ripped. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird when the abs like just not only start having veins in the abs. It's great. It's cool. Yeah, it You're is. The Finn Balor of stand up comedy. <laughs> yeah, eat a carb, motherfuckers. Wasn't that good on Monday? <laughs> no, it's so, so good. good. So it's good. So good. Oh man, um, I'm gonna kick you off the stage tonight. Uh, oh, I'm gonna bring Haywood on. Can I put my show? Yes, I give plugs to everyone except oh, okay. you. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So D, yeah, is a co-host of a fantastic show at Draft House Comedy. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> awesome so show. let's say all of the good things about the show first, and then all the bad things about the guy that owns the venue. So. Um, <laughs> It's I'm my show. Everyone could fuck off. Um, D, D, D and Max have a show called Facebook Monologues. And it's something that we all use. It's a social media service yes. based off of MySpace called Facebook. Where we get to praise Mark Zuckerberg yeah. as much as everyone else. And it's a free show. Yeah, it's a free show. On Thursday. Thursday is once a month, every month. The next one will be May 25th. It's fantastic. We get to basically take silly arguments that people have on Facebook, and we bring them to stage and have comics act them out. And then we also have old statuses from 10 years ago, and we make people talk about your old statuses. That's great. Including audience members sometimes. It's great. <laughs> it, it, and, uh, and, and I like you a lot as a human being, and people should support what you do. Thank that you. being said... Please subscribe to the Arlington Draft House or Draft House Comedy emails because every once in a while the owner will send out an insane 3,000 word essay about the state of stand up comedy. Yeah, Greg's kind of like that sometimes. It's so wonderful. People should follow you on. T Max, yeah. don't worry. No one, they're like, oh, you're the one, you're literally. Yeah, he's gonna listen an hour and ten in, being like, "These motherfuckers, no one cares, <laughs> do whatever." It's great. Yeah, it's freedom a fun of show. speech, everybody. Uh, people should follow you on Twitter. Yeah, I'm at D was joking. D was joking. I got made fun of the last time I was on the show. You were like, "That's a stupid Twitter name. You got to change it." You should change it to your full name. Well, I tried. There is another Dalfa Ahmed. That's not your full name. That's not the full full name. Full but full there's name. Only Delpha Hassan Ahmed Mahmoud Malintin Tudispra Muhammad Afrabdu Malintin Blau Dol Junior the Third. Is the last part real? Junior the Third? Technically, my dad is also a Delpha. Grandpa is also the Delpha that originated the whole thing. So but why aren't you the fifth? Yeah. Technically, that means I'm the third. Grandpa was first. No, but then why are you Junior? But well, your grandpa's a Junior. You're no, it's Junior like the actual name is spelled out. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you. How about, would it be a, could I call you Junior the Third? If you really wanted to, no. <laughs> Your haircut is fantastic, by the way. Thank you so much. Your hair in general, and the beard is coming in quite nicely. Now that I've given you those compliments. I gotta. My God, you slay, woman slay. Hey. Oh my God, the shoe game, I mean the fucking shoe in general. Let's all take a few seconds to just, acknowledge this happening because the shoes are fantastic. And they don't even look a little bit dry. I know, not even a little bit dry. I don't know why that was a discussion <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Your Adidas sneakers are cool, but her shoes are fantastic. She's carrying you right now. On the shoe game, not in general, in life. 
I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I apologize. Give it up for D. Jr. the third, everybody. Good job. Coming to the stage is uh, my favorite part of the show. Please put your hands together for Haywood Turnip C. Jr., everybody. We're going to do a segment called Color Commentary, where we appreciate the races in America, and we talk about how one race is trying to do the most for every other race. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. That's my Idris Elba impersonation. <laughs> Hello, Brandon. How are you today? That's not, that's not that bad, actually. It's not. I, I said, my, that's my Idris Elba impersonation. I didn't say it was Dalfa Jr.'s. <laughs> the third. <laughs> the third. What nigga? What kind of shit is that that I heard? <laughs> Africans fucked up. They let us go and fucked up the naming system. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Color Commentary, where we give you the world through a black man's eyes. How are you doing, lovely? He's right, shoe game is on point. Thank you so much. You sitting up here, I was like, I don't know who is flyer, you and Beyonce who was sitting up here, I was like, what the fuck, wake, pray, slay, both of you bitches. Hey. It was awesome, he went to Sarah Lawrence. I like that joke. People was like, I don't get it. I was like, it's a finishing school, you fools. And they were like, hey, what, how do you know? Because I went to Sarah Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> and finished off a few. Hey, wacka, wacka, wacka. <laughs> Really want to hate your father? <laughs> Get on this dick. <laughs> stay, stay woke. <laughs> stay woke. Oh, I hope you have an album called You Really Want to Hate Your Father. <laughs> If you really want to hate your father, give me reparations. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. Thank you, all the thinking people. Everybody's like, what does he mean? Give me pussy. We call it reparations. Same difference. D forgot his phone. D, could you give me a whiskey and a club with a club soda and a lime? Vodka. What do you mean? Me, me. That was very good. I know it was that very was, good. That was quick on it. Way to go, nigga. One nigga to another. Side note, less black people on this show. I'm, I'm the head nigga. I understand. <laughs> Unders <laughs> Understood. Less, less black people on this show. Ali and me, that's it. What the fuck? So what you're saying <laughs> is you watched the Rose Garden celebration. Of course. You understood the message. I got it. I was like, look at these people. They happy as shit right now. They taking everything from people. They like, it's no longer. This week, so we were talking about what we we're going to talk about. And first, let me say, I'm tired of shit. My wife, uh, we just had a new baby. Woo! Baby! Baby, uh, we have. Hold on, don't clap. It's a girl that's a pre existing condition. It's, and it's, it's a bad black, news. It's not good news. It's and bad news. It's a black news. girl in America. It's, she's over. It's a wrap. Oh, boy. I'm glad we had her before they took away. It's, now it's called No Obamacare. God damn. They took away health care. I was like, we should talk about that. But then I'm like, I don't you know, I'm tired of you know, giving these people props for doing bad shit. Because when we talk about them, we give them props for doing bad shit. So I was like, what should we talk about that's happy? Uh, hey, what's happening, p pussy? <laughs> I like you, man. You, you had me dying of this bitch. Sarah Lawrence, me and you. Me and you. <laughs> I like him. Wake, pray, slay. He was like, give me money. <laughs> and, and book me. I was like, I should start. I should do more of that. Uh, 
And I wouldn't, uh, uh, to, to, to take away like just everything that's been going on in the past few weeks um, and to kind of get away, I wouldn't start that movie Get Out um, and realize that is a very scary movie. It is a very scary movie. It's like, I was gonna do a list about the white women that I trust and realize it's only two. It's like Kelsey and Cat Temp, that's it. <laughs> and one of them worked for Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. I saw that movie. You know that movie made me rethink my thought process? Uh, like, I was mad at my father for a long time. Right? I've been mad at my father for a long time because he didn't raise me. And I was like, you know what? He might not have just left. He might be missing. <laughs> I'm sitting here mad as shit. Like, this nigga ain't around. Bring me up. Da -da 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 -da. And he's missing. It's a white man walking around in his body some goddamn way. Because the funniest shit, the, the, the scariest thing about that movie was like, dude went to the police and was like, there's niggas missing. And they was like, ha! I mean, let's think about it. There have no, been no black men missing since slavery. <laughs> you Think about it. There was a nigga missing in slavery. Like, where the hell is Jedediah? <laughs> like, you'd be like, Jedediah, what? I, I know I has 10 and Jedediah's not here. Where is number 10? But in the new world, ever since 1865, there has been not one Negro missing. Like, I look, like there's, been, there's five on the top 10 most wanted list. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not missing. And that is a scary thought. And I started thinking, what about if we made more horror movies from black people's perspective? Oh my God. Like, what if Poltergeist- Aren't those just documentaries? Yeah. See, I was gonna say fuck you, but <laughs> this is your show. This is your show. This is not you. This is not you, me, them, and Haywood. This is you, me, them, everybody. And you was like, they call it documentaries. Cause you're right. Like this, the, 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 the most frightening movies, the most frightening horror films I've seen of note have been on Facebook. Heyo. <laughs> waka waka waka. <laughs> Uh, that horror movie I saw on Twitter last week. Oh shit! They even killed another nigga. That was horrific. But I was like, if they, what if we like remade movies from black people's perspective, like Poltergeist? I don't think they would be horror movies anymore because Poltergeist, right? Like I didn't have cable growing up. Was it frightening? That movie was not scary to me because <laughs> it, if you really think about it, a, a black woman would be like, "That's my baby on TV. Everybody come in here. <laughs> Look at she on the TV. Go on, do a dance, girl. Look at dance. Fuck them ghosts, bitch. Fuck them ghosts." Like, like if they had made the, if the Shining, if the Shining was from a black family's perspective, like I saw the Shining and that movie was frightening. Jack Nicholson was frightening. I'm not saying that black people don't go skiing. We do go to ski chalets and like have a good time. We don't go skiing, <laughs> but we go to resorts like a motherfucker. <laughs> but that movie had moments in it where he was like, like when he, like, like the book is scary, but like when Jack Nicholson owned that role, like when he cut, took the ax and he cut the fucking door open, he was like, here's Johnny. I was like, how does that work with a, with a black family? Here's Arsenio. It doesn't not the same. Cause like a nigga would be like, it's Arsenio Hall. And then you gotta have the band and then you gotta give everybody you gotta one. You throw it to the dog pound. Put your fingers in there, put your fingers in there. And it's no longer a fucking horror film cause the kid is like, ooh, 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 ooh. 
I think that I enjoyed that, and I think that tells of our age. We're old. Yeah. These, they don't know who The Shining is, but they real when they see, uh, what's the movie with Pennywise? Oh, It? It. They remake it, they remake it, it. Imagine It from a black person's perspective. It would just be called shit. <laughs> that clown is tripping. <laughs> Go get your father, I, the goddamn makeup. I know, I know plenty of clowns on drugs, trust me. <laughs> trust me. Or like, imagine the, the omen, right? Like, the omen from black people's perspective, that was Obama, not frightening for us. <laughs> Thank you, Jew guy in the back. Unless I missed something, that was not frightening, that was awesome. I went to the White House under Obama's administration, I was swag surfing on the South Lawn. This is why we don't have it anymore. <laughs> I tell you, a horror film, did you see the Easter egg hunt this year? Oh my God, that was a horror film. I was like, this, this should be pedophilic. These kids are out here, they don't even know what's happening to them. Could you, like Night of the Living Dead, right? That's the first of the month. <laughs> every month I see Night of the Living Dead, every, every first of the month. Like right now, Cinco de Mayo, everybody, all white kids drinking tequila, celebrating Mexican independence when it didn't happen on this day. Night of the Living Dead, that's a sing, you know, um, Dia de las Muertes, you know, that good shit. Night of the Living Dead, I see that when I go home. When I get on, when I leave here, I'm gonna get on the green line and go to Anacostia, I guarantee you, I'm gonna see a few zombies. <laughs> Crackhead, same difference. I tell my son they study to be mayor. <laughs> they taking exams, nigga, they taking exams. <laughs> Could you imagine Scream? if it were from a black person's perspective. Now take the beginning of the movie with Drew Barrymore, replace Drew Barrymore with Taraji P. Henson, AKA Cookie Lions, and the movie's over, it's over. There's no Scream series. It's just one scene. It's a movie, she's like, scream about these cookies, nigga. You want these cookies, nigga? Om, yum, 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 yum. And it's the best 15 minute clip I've ever seen. So it's a short film. It's a short film. That, it was like, this is how you kill a white man. That's what it's called. Uh, okay, let's take another, uh, what's the dude to make those movies? Uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. That would be called Get That Snitch. The <laughs> 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 fuck you talking about last summer for, nigga? I know what you did last summer, and I'm gonna tell your wife, nigga. I'm gonna tell your wife what you did last summer when you talk about me. Shit, we was both in that car doing Hennessy, nigga. <laughs> you know, I, I know what you did last summer, OJ. Oddly enough, the only movie that works for both, in my opinion, for both, like Friday the 13th doesn't work and all that kind of shit because niggas ain't scared of hockey masks. <laughs> they're not, they would just play Future and be like, mask off, mask off. It's a challenge, it's a challenge, it's a challenge. Niggas will start. <laughs> for the listener at home, I am now dancing. <laughs> Oddly enough, the only movie to me, like Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, it's like, uh, black people, we're not, Freddy doesn't bother us. Freddy, like, please. Get a new sweater. Put something on your face. Why you got all that? What's wrong with your face? <laughs> Halloween is the only movie I think works for both genres. Why? Because I saw Halloween with Busta Rhymes <laughs> and LL Cool J. Halloween 2000. I saw right? Halloween 2000. Yeah. It was like, it works. It works. Busta looks afraid. <laughs> We're not afraid of hockey masks, but we are afraid of white people in masks. Get it? Halloween for us is simply called KKK. Hey-oh! <laughs> Somebody said true. That was not the response I was looking for. <laughs> Stay woke. 
<sighs> but that's awesome, man, because he, I mean, uh, uh, Doubtful was right when he was talking about that. <laughs> no, that was good. I, 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 was, I, I didn't want to get into an argument. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it was good. That was true. I, Ask me after the show. Please, please. Because uh, I, I got a bit to finish. <laughs> I do. I got to finish. Like, no, true, uh, true is it's like, okay, it's like call and response. This is what we do. Let's, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. So what happens when, when we talk, when we're talking and you say true, I get it. I know exactly what you're saying. But as a comedian, I, I'm not a preacher. And when I hear people go true, I'm like, ah, I need more of a laugh there. So I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to you. I'm not saying you did anything wrong. You gave the correct response. I didn't set that up right. Off the show. See, it told you, but you was like, they might be curious. <laughs> I told she you, let you off true, the hook and you're true. Back. They might be curious, but you know, <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you, boo. That's a horror film. What? <laughs> they was like, these two niggas about to go at it. Oh my god. <laughs> and that was the color purple. <laughs> you and me must never part, So I, my whole point is, I don't like horror films. I've never really gone to horror films. I don't like uh, movies that induce fear. I really don't. Sure. And I think that's a white thing. I really do. I think that's a Caucasian thing because you guys aren't afraid of anything. I 100% agree with that. Suspense <laughs> just makes me so upset. <laughs> Like, I already don't know what's going to happen when I walk outside. I don't even, like, <laughs> that's not entertaining to me. Like, you not know, even a little bit. I got to get home. I, I got to fight the police and niggas and zombies and everybody on my way home. <laughs> you know, I don't have the luxury of just fighting the walking dead. <laughs> you know what the scariest horror film is? And I've said this as a joke for years, but now it's actually true. Is Roger and Me. Mm. Do you know Roger and Me? Yeah. Do you yeah. know Roger and Me? I don't. Roger Michael and Me was Moore. Michael Moore's first documentary in 1989. Flint. And it's about Flint, Michigan. And it's about the downfall of Flint. Mm -hmm. And if you take, and if that doesn't happen, if, if the circumstances that don't allow Roger and me, we're not where we are in 2017. And yeah. I've always joked that, like, oh, that's my favorite horror film because it's scary. It's real. Um, but now it's just uh, that's that's what happened. Mm. It's uh, it's 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 <laughs> it happened. We did it, everybody. We did it. Let's end on that positive note. <laughs> um, my favorite horror film is Trading Places. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You can see Haywood every Monday. All that for a dollar. <laughs> Is it Monday or Tuesday? Every Monday, Monday. At Madam Zorgan. And then every other Tuesday. No, check this out. Shit. Announcement I'm going to make on your show. Oh, please. We have added a third Tuesday. So every first, second, and third Tuesday at Solly Tavern oh. on U Street with myself, oh. old Mike B. And we have added Teresa Concepcion, which we also are doing the fourth Tuesday at Ben's Next Door. There we go. Yeah. So we got Ben, and we're gonna, we gonna work, we gonna, we got, we got work for you, pussy. We got work for you. I swear for God, because these niggas, we, they need to see you. They do. <laughs> I follow Sister Midnight. And then I, they got shows. Yeah, of course. Follow him at sign Woody Seed on Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. Um, could we try to get you and your co-hosts on the Ben show onto Ben's? Onto Ben's? 
the wall because now they're rotating. <laughs> because they're rotating it now. Yeah, they are rotating. They're rotating yeah, now. Yeah. Bill Cosby was a fantastic comic. You're a fantastic comic. Don't, Don't you want to be associated with Bill Cosby as much what as possible? I'd, I'd like to be associated with Dr. Huxtable. I've been told I laugh like Dr. Hibbert. <laughs> Maybe if they put Dr. Huxtable on the wall, it would be okay. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, right now Chuck Brown is on there. We're petitioning to get a few other people on there. And there'll be some more things. Because I'd like to see personally Dick Gregory on there. He's a comedian. He's a staple. He's a humanitarian. He's a man of our time. He's whoa, a father. Whoa, stop, stop. Are you a vegetarian? Am I? No, no. So I'm, a pa- I'm a vegetarian. That's right. So... <laughs> That got way less applause. <laughs> My wife informed me of that. She was like, oh, because she, she could say we got to eat healthy, right? And she was like, we don't eat anything with parents anymore. And I was like, that means I get to stop eating you, right? And she was like, oh, no, nigga. Oh, no. Congratulations. Oh, yum, 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 yum. Eat these cookies, monster. <laughs> Congratulations to the new dad slash old dad. Slash old dad. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> you know what it's like being a father when you didn't have one? <laughs> That's a horror film. <laughs> that, that, was, that got a lot less laughs than everything else. That didn't even get a true. <laughs> so I wanted to say this during what you were doing, but I didn't want to do it. Does that, so I should, in theory, feel worse about not having a dad because yours was clearly abducted. <laughs> no, it's a possibility. No, he wasn't abducted. He was locked up, but... He could have got locked up. There could have been a white man in him locked up. That wasn't him. I'm convinced now. That movie has changed my thought process. I was like, oh my God, niggas are missing. And I have never thought about that. Like, I have friends who I haven't seen in 15 years, and it's just like, you seen Tyrone? No. <laughs> Where is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being a poet, some guy, imagine. I don't know. Can I get Ben and Pussy and Kevin to come up to the stage? We're going to have a Rose Garden celebration right now. Hey, now. Um, come on back. You're Dal- not, you're, you don't what about talk. Dalpha? You what, about da- what about Dalpha? Dalpha Jr. No immigrants. Get the... F- oh! <laughs> I honestly, I didn't get see... Get out, Bow Bow! I didn't see Junior the Third over there, so... Um, <laughs> the show right now is technically done. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming to the Wonderland Ballroom. It is really, really nice outside, and uh, it was nice when we started the show. Is, is it raining now? Fuck yeah. I have no idea. I don't care. Uh, I just wanted to thank all of you for coming inside. It means a lot, and uh, thanks to everyone in this room except my wife, because everyone else in this room will admit that Eddie Vedder is a wonderful American, <laughs> except her. Uh, Kelsey, you're, oh, thanks for taking this. I really do appreciate that, Gener- genuinely. Um, and, and, and Haywood, I'm so impressed of you to be able to come to this tonight and, and to do your shows, especially with a new kid at home. So it, I know that you don't have a lot of time, so thank you for doing that. Um, Allison will be hosting this show alone next month. I will be uh, going away for my anniversary. I'm going, we're going we're gonna to go build that wall, everybody. <laughs> Build that wall, Mr. Weatherby. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, Allison is hosting the show alone on uh, Friday, June 2nd. And it's going to be a good show. And everyone that's listening to this at home should come to that show at the Wonderland Ballroom. Uh, Thanks for coming, everybody.